draw on the way most modern battles do just gives you such a wealth of material. Because if you're only talking about what's obvious about the guy right in front of you, you're going to run out of stuff eventually. So having all these kind of characters who all the fans know about and knowing the history of their battles, it just gives you so many more avenues for like wordplay and angles and all that sort of stuff. So I feel like it actually fuels the scene and keeps it going. Um, but on the other hand, sometimes people go too far in that direction and you do need to mix in some of the more simple stuff, even if it's not an observation about the person, even if it's just like some wordplay that anyone could get that's just cool because it's super clever. Um, you know, that's the stuff that I think appeals to the new audience. So there's right. definitely like a fine balance, but you also can't really consider that when you're going into a battle. You know what I mean? You need to just say whatever you can to win uh, and not worry too much about like, okay, well, how is this going to be viewed in like 10 years or uh, how would someone who's never seen a battle before view this? Like you, you know, you gotta, you gotta talk to the crowd who's there. Right. Right. And, and I don't know if a lot of battlers like really keep that in mind. Honestly, I feel like um, a lot of people are just trying to outbar everyone nowadays. And I feel mm-hmm. like part of that is what's kind of keeping battle rap, um, where it is and and whether that be good or bad i'm I'm not here to to debate it but i mean you can't turn on twerk versus rum nitty which is fucking incredible one of my favorite battles of last year and you can't sit a new person down and have them watch that i mean that'll be like like a foreign language to them like they will not understand that battles like this where you don't need backstory you don't need to understand what bars kind of mean are essential and they're just not being done almost at all anymore, at least not on a main stage. Yeah, uh, there's, uh, I think that there's an opportunity for any league who can figure out how to take that style and sort of bring it into the modern era, which honestly is a lot of what we were trying to do with Bodied, um, if you look at the way the battles go down in that movie. Um, and especially because, you know, you have these characters, if you're just seeing these characters for the first time in a battle on screen, obviously you don't have a wealth of backstory to draw from because these are imaginary people who we haven't seen before right um so it sort of went that direction out of necessity and then when you do get sort of the storyline based bars you know the story because you've just been watching the movie for two hours right um so but in a real life situation where you don't have that i mean i think there would be an opening for a week to figure out how to bring that sort of content like to set up a battle in a way where that's the sort of content that would be used. Um, I don't know exactly how to do it, but that's also why I'm not a promoter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, if someone can kind of crack that and sort of find a way to mix that in with the new style, which is so incredible, which people love, then I think it could only be great for everyone. Right, right. Um, So you say say to Fresco, he's from the upper class. His parents raised him to be a finer breed, bought a new mansion, Passed him the shiny keys and the title deeds. And paid your school private fees. Now you think you're hard because you've been in some heated polo rivalries? Nigel, please. So, <laughs> that was a, did, did you have any concern about how that, about how that, that line would go? Like, I'll put it this way. I wouldn't, if I came up with that concept right now, I would not use it. Okay. Right, but right. this is 2009. Line, right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, totally you could different. definitely get, you could definitely like get away with a lot more. I feel like there was just more, everyone, everyone was kind of coming to, uh, 
two battles in sort of good faith that yeah. you didn't really mean these things you were sure. saying, which sure. I think is a little bit harder to do now, mm. uh, you know, in this era of such overt racism coming sure. from so many sectors of society. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's also about the time and place and context and everything like that. But I, I mean, I, I wasn't nervous to be honest and, and, and it went over exactly how I thought it would, which is that people just took it as a joke, but, but that's also specific to the context of that time in that era. Right. Right. Now, um, I, I always wondered, um, so was this was this also a play on uh, Hollow of the Don? Because his name's Nigel. No, I, I had no idea that really? his name was Nigel at the oh, time. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but that that round's pretty incredible. And if you think how many people use that sort of style, they just don't care. They're like, whatever. I doesn't matter where I come from or, or what I've done. I'm doing gun bars. Fuck it. Right. Which I mean, I think I think is. Uh, totally legit if that's part of your battle rap persona you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, obviously there's also drawbacks to doing that as well so it's kind of a it's kind of a calculation that you make where it's like all right this is how i'm going to present myself in terms of the content that i'm using um you know that there's going to be some people who just don't rock with it no matter what um but you're also saying things that in many cases are incredible and amazing ideas for lines so uh it's kind of yeah, it's, it's kind of up to you as a performer to make that call about how you want to present yourself and what kind gotcha. of content you want yep, to use. Yep, yeah. yep, So we go from Fresco to Madness the very next day and then the dumbfounded one we were talking about. Irv, uh, you and Poe Rich versus Low Pesci and Bender. Wow. Mm-hmm. Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and uh, and 360, another incredible battle. I just wish he wouldn't have choked. My God, man, that, that battle would have done so many more views, man. Um, yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, especially with his with his popularity yeah, in Australia and everything. Exactly. But but honestly, I think it, I think it um, I think that was, that one's been kind of a sleeper. Like I feel like it's kind of grown over the years yeah. versus getting the huge pop when it came out. Right, right. Uh, you versus Nameless, which uh, which we talked about was a great one. You and Uno Lavos, a uh, hundred bullets, and then Nils with skills. Then yeah, then like what two and a half years off, and then. Uh, uh, you and you and Shuffle T, and then mm-hmm. um, and then John John the Don man I, that I love that battle man I don't think that battle gets enough shine honestly that yeah was, that was a fun one that's just one of those like Carter Deems versus Head Ice or 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 to a lesser extent Iron Solomon Rum Nitty where I think a lot of people are like yo how is this gonna go down like how is this battle gonna actually work and then it comes out and it's it's dope I I, I thought John John actually did did better than i thought he would he did well yeah he that that was an interesting battle because it was like 90 second rounds right which is part of the concept of back to basic sure. um especially i think they i think they kind of did some longer round times after that first edition of it part of the idea was let's go back to shorter battles um and so we're just going to have 90 second rounds for for everything on this card and the interesting thing about John John is he has those slogans, which work great for him, right? Because yes. the crowds all know them. They all say it with him. But that's like four bars of yes. verse. So I, I just wish he had put more content into his verses. And, like, I, you know, I actually wanted him to go over the 90 seconds. Like, do your 90 seconds, then do your slogan. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Well, well and, and you kind of call him out on that, don't you? Yeah, I had, I had a I – I mean, it was, it was just kind of a setup for – 
for one of my lines about him uh, recycling angles, but it was something yeah. like, uh, yeah, something about how he just does that when he doesn't have an idea for what to say. Or right. <laughs> I can't remember the exact line. <laughs> yeah, him and Arsenal, they can just do like slogans and slogans and slogans and uh, and like half half their rounds done. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but but I get it, man. I mean, people come there and they 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 want to. Part of the experience is like saying that slogan along with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember um, seeing seeing Head Ice versus Arsenal. And being really excited to be able to go ice, you know what I mean? Like that was gonna yep. be like one of, one of those things, you know. Uh, but okay. and as as a battler, as a battler, I appreciate it strategically because ending a verse is the hardest thing to do in battling. Really, like, you never know. I mean, at least at least for me, right? Because part of part of my uh, weakness as a battler, I think, is. I don't always know exactly how a crowd's going to take something. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like my my tastes are sometimes a little different from the crowds that I'm rapping for. So all, ha- and I mean, you could actually even see it in that John John battle the way in my second verse. Like, I thought that was a crazy line. That's something about Obama and drones. Yeah. And everyone there was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, you guys aren't up on like the uh, main issues in left-wing politics right now. <laughs> um, but... Uh, so part, you know, the, to me, like when slogans first started kind of core part of the scene, I was like, I don't know. I mean, and there was a lot of that kind of reaction from like King of the Dot people of like, this seems a little corny or whatever, but as it became sort of cemented, I'm like, oh, this is actually fucking genius. Because right. even if your last actual bar of the verse doesn't go off, you still can end the verse strongly because Strong. everyone in the room just yeah. gets your slogan with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You know, so unless is. you're like really getting killed and people don't want to say, say your slogan, right. which like really means you lost, then you're <laughs> going to have a strong ending. <laughs> you know what? I never thought of that before, man. But maybe that's, that's, that's kind of a good um, temperature check of how a battler is doing in the crowd, you know, of, of like mm-hmm. how – how many people are participating in his slogan? And, and you'll hear some battlers start and they'll like start their slogan and then realize no one's saying it with them and then they got to like pick it up, you know, for, for yep. the rest of it <laughs> yep. or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, that that's not looking good, man. It really isn't. Uh-huh. Um, but but just to go back to to that one line, just so uh, just so everyone knows what we're talking about, you say, uh, you say to John John, Insomniacs here, Johnny rapping, they're good for a week. Call him Obama. His drone can put you to sleep. So yeah, right. Man. Yeah, which which I thought would be like a crazy bar for yeah. a Canadian to say to an American crowd. Like I'm bringing yeah. up the fact that your president is murdering people with yeah. drones overseas. Right. Um, but yeah, it just didn't quite hit like that. And also, I think it was like that. I was trying to connect it to an idea of John John like always using the same delivery. Um, but just you know what I mean. That's a bit of a leap from like okay, he uses the same delivery all the time to like he's droning to Obama's using drones. <laughs> like there's just a lot of connections to make there. Wow. But fuck it, like the line. Yeah, no, that should. I just I just shouldn't have put it at the end of a verse. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Yo, and then and then your next one though is uh, is against Roan. And uh, that's the one where you bring out Norm Kelly. Man, is Norm Kelly mm-hmm. the coolest fucking politician of all time? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, his actual politics are terrible. Oh, but shit. as a media figure, he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, 
That's amazing. I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really up to what what his uh, stances are on certain things, but um to have someone kind of come out and I think I remember you saying like all you all you had to do was just write him a couple letters or something like that and he was like, "Yeah, sure, cool. I'll do this." Yeah, I found like I found his public email address just on like the City of Toronto website and sent an email to it and his like his assistant called I think like his assistant's assistant called me. And then, like, a few days later, his assistant called me, and I, like, kept explaining what I was trying to do. And then, uh, eventually, they called me back. They're like, all right, he's down. Let's wow. do it. Wow. Man. Um, and actually, a, a big thanks to uh, to Nameless, because he, like, when, when I told him what was happening, he was like, dude, let me, like, help you with this and, and, like, help you make it crazy. So Nameless, actually, like, he was kind of, like, the battle rap ambassador. Like, because yeah. obviously I'm, I'm, like, getting ready for the battle, right? Sure. So Nameless was the one who came and, like, met Norm at the door and, like, shook his mm-hmm. hand and, like, took him to the secret room where we had him stashed. And wow. then, like, Nameless, bring, like, brought him out during the battle and, like, escorted him through the crowd like a bodyguard. And so wow. he was right there ready to jump in at the right time. Wow. Yeah, there's huge, huge thank you and shout out to Nameless for that. What, um, what, was, what was his reaction to it? Because, you know, you know, you bring him out, the crowd goes nuts, but then Rowan's like, fuck you, you piece of shit, fuck you, you're a piece of shit, you know? Like, um, was- you can find, I, it might still be on YouTube, at least it was back in the day, but there was a radio interview that he did later that week, uh-huh. and they asked him about it, and he was bringing up how, like, uh, basically Rowan was yelling in his face after that, um, and he just kind of brushed it off. He was like, you know, I've, I've been in politics, like, 30 years <laughs> or whatever, I've heard a lot worse. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. Okay, so then after that we got um, uh, O'Shea. So that's one I wanted to go through too. So your first round, um, let's talk about that. So this is your first mm-hmm. battle overseas, which seems kind of that's incredible. Right. Yeah, all this all this time I'd never done an overseas battle, and and honestly, like part of the thing was just like. Throughout my battle career, I'd always had a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know your vacation days are very limited. So the fact that I'd never been overseas just kind of reflected that I was like, all right, when I take my vacation days, I want to be on vacation. I don't want right. to be worried about memorizing a battle version. Right, right. Um, but I, but I was also at that point in 2015 where like, and, and also I was. I had kind of just finished, like, the first draft of the bodied script at this time. So I kind of knew, like, all right, things are actually, like, starting to maybe work out for me. So I might be, I kind of foresaw that I might be transitioning to that in the near future and not being able to focus on battling as much. So I'm like, all right, well, obviously, before I potentially hang it up, I want to at least do one battle overseas because it would be crazy if I didn't. Right. Um, so that's that, that kind of my motivation there. Word. Well, um, I think this battle's really, really dope. This was uh, O'Shea has one of my favorite lines of all time. I wonder if you can guess it. You know, it's like in his first round. You know, you know what I'm gonna say. In his first round, um, uh, you've been wearing skinny jeans since skinny jeans were called women's clothes. Oh, which is <laughs> so good, dude. That is that line is so fucking incredible. But it's yeah, not it's amazing. It, it, it is not that one. It's it's a little bit farther along where he goes now trying to school this one like I'm teaching immigrants. You look like Big T if Big T looked completely different. <laughs> <laughs> like that, oh, that man. line is so dope to me. That line is so dope. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so um, before we get into this, how did how did this battle get set up? Um, I mean, basically, Ur was just kind of in in 
semi-frequent contact with me, you know, ever since Don't Flop started trying to get me over there. Um, and, of course, I was always like, yeah, I definitely want to. It's just a case of, like, getting time off and sure. figuring out how to make it work. Um, so, eventually, I think I think it was like, I, I can't remember exactly the situation, but I'm pretty sure what happened is I had come back and, you know, he was at Blackout 5 as well. Sure. And so I think that kind of, like, restarted the conversation. Like, all right, well, now that you're back, we have right. to get you to don't flop. Right. And I was like, right. yeah, I think I think this is the time. And, uh, and you know, he, he so he just was messaging me and, like, saying, okay, who do you want to battle and stuff like that. And, and they, they'd had a bunch of new people, like, kind of a new crop of people coming out and don't flop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, O'Shea is just kind of, like, an institution over there. But I, I, I think it let maybe his star was a little bit on decline at that time. But I was just like, you know what, man? Like, I, I think it just makes sense to battle. Like, I, th- I think that's the guy. Um, and he was just instantly all about it. You know what I mean? Um, and and with, with the way the battle worked out, honestly, I think it's one of my favorite battles I've ever done. Really? Just because it was purely, purely entertainment, you know? Right. Like, a lot of other battles even if they are regarded on a higher level. For me personally, when I look back on them, it's so fucking stressful, right? <laughs> because, it, you know, it, it was serious competition. Right. But with that O'Shea battle, I'm like, all right, obviously we're both just in a sort of comedy. It's going to be wall-to-wall jokes. We both know that. Right. And we're going to obviously still be trying to outdo each other, but we're just doing our best to be more entertaining than the other guy. Um, so that one from my point of view, was just purely fun. So, you know what, man? That's what I miss. I really, really miss that aspect of it. And I feel like there's a there's a core base of, of Battle Rap fans who feel the same way. Because when King of the Dot had uh, had a bad 2018 or whatever, um, you know, there were, there were some people I know who just kind of stopped watching Battle Rap because they're just like, mm-hmm. you know, there's only so many gun bars I can hear, you know? And there is like this comedy aspect of it of like this just fun, this just entertainment, just this lighthearted part of battle rap that is just almost completely devoid unless you go to some of the smaller leagues like a no coast or or maybe even an eye battle or something like that. I think it kind of hurts. It it makes battle rap just more one dimensional, and it's like you have to like this sort of battle rap or else you don't like battle rap. And I feel like King of the Dot um, had brought in you know made it popular to have this whole other subset of battle rap yeah i think you you definitely have a point there and just going off of my own experience i think there's maybe a perception that comedy battles might not work as well on the larger stage Mm -hmm. but i think again from my experience that that's completely false like this o'shea battle is actually a perfect example because (laughs) keep in mind i've only actually battled on a stage twice. Really? Once was against Shuffle. Yeah, so once was against Shuffle, and once was against O'Shea. And in that case, like, the, the setup at that venue that Don't Flop had was a little bit different. But I actually think this is the perfect setup where you have kind of a raised platform yeah. in the middle of the crowd. So to sure. me, that's kind of the best of both worlds. You, you've got people on all sides, so you get that, like, you know, audience interaction, but you're still raised above and you kind of look out. And... For me as a performer, I loved that setting and all, and also even battling shuffle, even though that was like a traditional stage setup. I loved that setting as well because I felt like I could like see the crowd, I could talk to them, and I could make my jokes hit better that way. Like when you're in the pit, 
depending on the setup, it can actually be more difficult to sell the comedy type of material because you're not, like, you can only see, like, the first row or two of the crowd. You can't, like, sell a joke to someone in the back and make eye contact with them. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so I do think that comedy actually works amazingly well on a stage. And, I mean, there's been other examples of great battles like uh, Cheddar Cheese versus Carter Deems comes to mind. There's yeah. one Harvin Quest. Like there's there's been great comedy battles on the big stage. And I think that there's an opportunity there for King of the Dot or for whoever else, even for URL to to incorporate some funnier guys onto their roster. I mean shit, look at uh, look at Bill Collector, right? Oh, like yeah. he, he has a lot of comedy in his yeah. style. Yeah. Um Yeah. He was did did you happen to see him versus Hitman? I haven't. I've I've only seen the reactions. I haven't actually uh, watched the video yet, but it's, um, I can't wait. He's he's pretty incredible, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil his very first bar. He okay. He, <laughs> first round, he says, "Excuse me" to Hitman as he walks past, which I fucking love. It's a rap battle, and he's like, you know, got brought his manners, so he's like, "Yeah, uh, uh, excuse me," and he goes up to show time, show out, and he goes, "You." And then he points to his head and he just goes, ouch. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. And like the crowd lost their fucking mind. It was amazing, right. dude. Bill Collector is so great to see him like coming back and like doing doing his thing. There's a lot of guys like that that I would just love to see come back and feel comfortable, have a have a space where they can get some get some views and bring more of the comedy aspects, which is why I, I love you versus Cheddar Cheese. I thought that shit was actually prefer that battle to to the O'Shea one. They're oh, both fucking amazing. But anyways, yeah, back to O'Shea. I can't start your round without talking about this. Um, so O'Shea in his first round says, strength for strength, I'm so thanks, I've got planks, I've made some special friends, but my style got stale quick. I need a fresher pen. So I bought this. 950, 950, that's 10 for 10. So anyway, so he's talking about so he, and he pulls out a pen, you know, like this this special pen that he paid nine fifty four. So you yep. start your first round with a rebuttal, and let me just say, I debated on whether I was going to talk to you about this um, before, okay? Because I thought this was going to be you know a little bit self serving, but I always I don't know how to make YouTube videos like compilation ones, but I'm I'm not even joking. For like two years, I've always thought. If I ever made one, the first one would be a Kid Twist rebuttal compilation. Because whenever people talk about best rebuttalers, I've never once seen your name. But holy shit, you have an amazing catalog of rebuttals. And this <laughs> well, I, one, I like to think so. <laughs> yeah, like like it's 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 kind of crazy. Like I've, I, literally, I've never once seen your name. I can't remember a time when when your rebuttal didn't didn't hit. And so this is another great example. So you say you paid nine fifty for that pen, man. You better take it and go right. It's a perfect metaphor. Whatever you got paid by Rowan Fife, your pen's insanely overpriced, and that is crazy because you got you got multis within there. How did you do that, man? I don't know, <laughs> honest, but I, but but all, but I thought you know he pulls out this pen. He's talking about 
it costs nine fifty. So first of all, that's in pounds. So it costs like eighteen Canadian dollars. <laughs> so like that is nuts. <laughs> so the first thing I thought of, obviously, is that pen is insanely overpriced. overpriced right? Which which I'm instantly like, okay, that's a great angle, and I'm already thinking overpriced. I've got Ur standing right there. I'm looking Rowan at something of his name, which is Rowan Fife. So yeah. that was one of the ones that just sort of magically came Yo, together in the but, moment. But you know? to have the multi of Rowan Fife insanely overpriced, like that's crazy. That is crazy. You're, like, w- was your head exploding at that time? Like, as soon as you thought of it, were you like, I cannot fucking wait to say this line? I, yeah, I was definitely excited to say it. I mean, there there are, like, there are rebuttals where you're kind of like, there are rebuttals where your round starts and you're like, am I going to say this? And it's like literally an instantaneous decision as to whether you say it or not right, right. because you're not 100% sold on it yourself. But that was one of the ones where I'm like, okay, I can't wait till my round starts. I'm saying this right away. Everything I know about your country comes from Guy Ritchie action flicks, which is, I fucking love that, man. Uh, and based on O'Shea, I'd say they were pretty accurate. Guy Ritchie, so like two uh, Lock, Sock, Two Smoking Barrels, one of my favorite movies of, of, of all time. And he's got, you know, he's got Snatched. And um, I think Snatched and, and Lock, Sock, Two Smoking Barrels and, and Revolver and, um, oh, God, what's that other one? Rock and Roller. Those are like the gritty street action comedy sort of sort of Guy, guy Ritchie movies that we think of. And, um, yeah, yeah, O'Shea. I could see him as, uh, as, as kind of like one of those funny, bumbly kind of characters. In, yeah, in, he'd be, in one he'd of those be sort of like a like a you know a gangster with a weird name who mm-hmm. gets killed halfway through the movie, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Tommy Two Leftfoot or something like that. Right. Yo, but from what I've seen in these London streets, British people have lovely teeth, which is crazy, right? So, okay, can can we talk about that for a second? So, so you're going to England, and you're going to be going in front of an English crowd. You have to kind of. Um, you have to come up with with an angle, right? So one of your angles mm-hmm. is going to be about you know just British cliche sort of things, but you're also doing it in front of a British crowd. And so how uh, how are you trying to um, kind of walk that walk that line of like finding an angle that's that's humorous but not upsetting the crowd that you're trying to appease? Um, I mean, I, I was trying. I was kind of trying to do two things. I was trying to take. I mean, and if you look at both of those lines, they actually kind of play out similarly, right? Where it's like I take something that's like very typically British, mm-hmm. and then sort of deliver a punchline that you wouldn't expect about yes, it. So, yes. so they're kind of like, okay, Guy Ritchie action flicks, and then but the the twist is like, no, well, they're pretty accurate. <laughs> right, um, right, right. Um, and in this case, it's like. What I've seen in the London streets, you have lovely teeth. You know what I mean? It's like right, flipping right. the cliche. Right, right. Um, and then, and then, uh, as you'll see coming up after this, uh, then I also, tr- you know, I have moments yeah. where I try to take a little bit of pop culture that they might not expect me to know as a Canadian and work that into a verse. So it's like pandering to the crowd a little bit, but then also doing it in a way that sort of like is funny based mm. on the situation and like is relevant to what's going on. Your next lines are. And you gave me the guy with an overbiting gum disease. Come on. You're just trying to fuck with me. This is my first overseas battle. I feel like I gotta win. But I'm in Britain now. I gotta figure out how to talk to them. And I love this, man. This is great. Bullets did those football bars and the whole crowd rocked with him. That was, uh, was that against Bamalam? Uh, actually against the Saurus. Oh, the Saurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, thank you. Okay. 
And, and, th- and the source was like, I literally have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. You know? Yeah, but the crowd was going wild. <laughs> right, yeah. right? Uh, okay, so Bullets did those football bars and the whole crowd rocked with him. So, yo, the thing about Arsenal is they always try to walk it in. And, you know, the crowd fucking loves that, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so the, the, funny thing, the funny thing about that line is it's actually a reference to the IT crowd, the British show. Where, so, so there's like multiple layers to this joke. So there's, there's an episode of the IT crowd okay. where, so it's these two nerd guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they want, to, they want to hang out with real men. So they're going to pretend to know about football. Mm-hmm. So they figure out the way to pretend to know about football is to literally just always say, the thing about Arsenal is they always try to ah, walk it in. <laughs> so I took that line from the show and turned it into a joke about me being Canadian and not knowing football, but trying to relate to the crowd Got the same you. way they're trying to oh relate to God, the, dude, the football that's... fans on the show. So people who knew the show were like, oh, shit, that's crazy. But I was like, I was also like, I don't know how like inside that reference is, like sure. if people are going to get it there. So I ran it by, um, I actually ran it by definition. And he was like, dude, people will love it because even if they don't know the show, that's just like such a typical football fan thing right. to say. They'll right. think it's like a good joke. Right. And I've had people actually say like, man, that was a great joke that you came up with. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> so yeah. even if they don't know it's a reference to the show, it's funny enough that like the joke still lands because they think I just came up with like a footballer thing to say <laughs> that's, that's super dope man no I've, I've never known that so I'm, I'm familiar with the it crowd as a, as a show but yeah I'd, I'd never seen it i definitely wouldn't have, wouldn't have caught that so yeah people in the crowd must have gone, been going nuts for that then so you yep. go it's o'shea you chose a rap name that rhymes with so gay <laughs> so can we talk about the writing process a little bit like when when you are locked in with an opponent how do you come up with bars on them? Like, are you trying to do name flips? Do you just, like, take an opponent's name and just start rhyming like you do here and, and a little bit after this? Where you're saying Ole and Soze and Coldplay and Cobain and OJ. Like, are you trying to find all the words that rhyme with them? Yeah, how does how does the writing process go for you? Um, I mean, I guess that stuff probably would be smart to do <laughs> but, but to be honest to be honest i've never i've never done any of that i don't know why i just never uh i guess i've always felt like i didn't want to make it uh too much like real work mm. but my so my usual process is really just that kind of like just walk around once i know something's walked in i'm just walking around in daily life just coming up with random uh angles or usually just line ideas that maybe it like start like so like with that O'Shea one like it started I was just like O'Shea it rhymes with so gay that's so brave like that was the right, first thing right. I had I had to set up before anything else so I'm just like oh that's cool I'll use that and then I'll build something off it so it can work that way or like often I'll have the idea for the punchline and then I work backwards so it's really just me like thinking of things throughout the day jotting down random ideas and then when I have like you know a large collection of just thoughts then I start down then I sit down and start to put it together and actually write okay got you got you because um so you kind of do this thing uh, where you say but a sex life is like a bullfight if you've seen the chicks Olay uh Kaiser Soze Coldplay Cobain OJ those were choose your own punchlines. You can fill them in your own way, which is fucking amazing. Like, I love that. And what's interesting about that, I feel like I've seen other battlers do something kind of similar to that um, mm-hmm. since where they're like, yo, uh, I just rhymed your name with this and I didn't even use this or this or this or this or this. Like, we just saw Ilmac do something like that against um, uh, Shaxa Rebel. 
and, and, right. and, and I've seen other battlers do things like that. Um, what what made you come up with like, all right, there's all these different things to rhyme it with. I'm not actually going to make punchlines about them. I'm just going to make a list of all the things I could have used. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of the genesis of that idea. But I think it was just, I think it was actually, because I started out with that so gay, that's so brave. Right. I think the next thing I actually came up with was own way as a rhyme. And then that kind of led to the idea of, oh, you can fill them in your own way. Choose ah, your own punchline. Gotcha. And then I'm like, oh, and so much stuff rhymes with O'Shea, OJ. Right. Oh, okay, like, it's so gotcha. easy to rhyme, so that's perfect for that concept, you know? Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So you go, uh, <laughs> I love this fucking line too, man. You go, I thought I'd do some research. You know, watch all the old battles O'Shea had. So I hit YouTube, 92 battles, fuck it, close tab. Oh my god, dude, <laughs> that is fucking amazing. Hey, O'Shea has more battles than anyone. Anyone. Yeah, he, he hasn't stopped either since then. He, it's, it's way more than uh, 92 or however many it was oh at that god. point. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to look that up. Like, I know you can talk about the source, but like, I don't feel like the source is like an accurate, like... Correlation here's, here here's, because, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. The source pads his total with the early freestyle battles, exactly. right? O'Shea is all in the acapella era, so yes. he's battling at events like every couple for ten years. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, he's at 119 now. Jesus. So you say in that many rounds, anyone can drop a little heat. So you got some dope shit, but that's just the laws of probability, which is great, too, because it's like, yo, you've been battling so much, man. Of course, something you're going to say. You, you know, what, what, what's that yep. common phrase? Like, even a broken clock is right twice a day? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yo, you used to be the best at what you do. There's a new player in the game, though. You're a white American racist. Word is you've been taken by a Pedro. Uh, which is pretty amazing, man. So Pedro was on the come up. Pedro versus uh, O'Shea is a great fucking battle, man. Yeah, and they and they had just they had just battled recently, and that that was kind of a thing where like, oh, he's like the new guy who just does bizarro, funny concepts and fucks up and freestyles all the time. <laughs> right, right. So it's like they were in a similar lane. And then I mean, you're about to get to this line, but you know they had then. Then they had teamed up at the mm-hmm. same event, so the next day they were going to have, like, it was O'Shea and Pedro versus Pat Bostic the next right. day, Yep, um, which is what the next line is about. Yeah, but if you can't beat them, join them, so now they both are facing the Oakland natives. Erg's the worst kind of boss. You know you're training your own replacement. Do you come up with the idea of, like, Pedro is coming to take O'Shea's place, and O'Shea is going to be, has to, like, show him how it's done? So then you start thinking about own replacement and then go back to, like, Oakland Natives, or is it Oakland Natives? Yeah, pretty much. Um, if I, I mean, for that specific one, if I recall correctly, it was kind of like, the, like, as soon as the battle was locked in, one of the first, because that whole, like, Pedro and O'Shea were being discussed, right? So that was, like, one of the first things I thought of, where I'm like, okay, uh, you're a white American racist, where your job's been taken by a Pedro. Like, that was actually right. one of my first punchlines that I had. Nice. And then I... And then I found out when they announced the card, oh, they're doing a two-on-two. Like, okay, well, I have to address that if I'm going to bring up Pedro, right? Right. So then I was just thinking about, okay, what's a funny concept that I can say about, like, you know, you're working with the guy who's replacing you. And, you know, I'm working nine-to-five jobs. Like, often you do train your people yeah. replacement, right? Yeah, yeah. So right. As, as soon as I was thinking along those lines, I had that concept and then just sort of worked backwards. I'm, oh, oh, you're... Own replacement, okay, uh, training. Uh, no, you're training, okay. Uh, who are they battling? Oh, Oakland natives. Right. Oh, they both are facing Oakland natives. Right. Okay, right. cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
word. That's so dope. Uh, but shouts to Ur, man. I got to give you big ups and homage. Props again on your World Down 5 shit, bruv. You rocked it. Yo, that line, like, what What was what was Ur, what was his reaction to that? He, I, I was a bit worried, but he laughed. Like, he laughed so hard, which was great because that kind of set, Ur was actually, and this was really cool, I think, how they set this up. Ur stood in the crowd during the battle. So he'd be on stage to host, and then you see him kind of step down oh, at the beginning and just okay. be in the crowd. So I, so I actually pointed, you see me point at him, and um, and I was a bit like, oh, is it going to be like a kind of ooh type reaction? But he laughed, so then the rest of the crowd laughed. Ah, nice, um, nice. But yeah, that was, I mean, for anyone listening who doesn't, who may not recall the exact, like, chronology of events, that was a reference to disaster imitating Ur, which had just happened at the last World Domination event. <laughs> so there was kind of like this simmering beef at the time, right, between King of the Dot and uh, and Don't Flop. Oh, my based God. On, based on King of the Dot letting that disaster Ur imitation happen. Oh, my God. I love that battle, too, man. That shit was so funny. I know you guys hated that Ur impression that and thought Diz was obnoxious, but you should have seen his O'Shea impression later when he passed out in his own piss, blood, and vomit. So O'Shea is known for being, you know, quite the partier, you know? Um, yeah. And, and, and so um, how, are you, how are you working back on, on that line? Well, so there was, there was like a real... There was a real story that I wanted to bring up, but didn't quite know how to address it w- without just making it not funny, which was that he had actually, like, one of the times he had come to Canada to battle, he had, like, taken a bunch of drugs, of course, after the battle, and, like, actually ended up, like, sleeping in the street that night, like, literally no in the middle of the street. Jesus I mean, this, I, I didn't, I, like, I talked to him about this after, and he was kind of like, yeah, that happened, but I don't know if he was just trying to, like, not you know, destroy the legend. So maybe it, sure. maybe it wasn't literally in the middle of the road. Right. But, um, but that was the story. And so, but I was like, ah, oh, if I bring this up, it's just like, it's not really a joke. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my way to kind of like sort of reference it, but just make it funny. Cause I'm tying it into this like disaster thing mm. um, and making it something to laugh at. But I had another line that I kind of wish I had used in retrospect, although it probably wouldn't have gotten reaction in the room. But I wanted to say something about like John Lennon and Yoko Ono because mm-hmm. they did that thing where they had the bed in, and one of the places they did that was in Montreal where they put a bed in the middle of the road. So I wanted oh. to say something about like comparing him to John Lennon, like you're a guy from Liverpool sleeping on the road in Canada. Ah. But it's just like it's such a it's such a good idea, but such a complicated concept right. that would require so much explanation and oh. setup that I figured it wasn't worth it. So tell me tell me about that process a little bit cuz that's that's the part that I'm like really interested in where it's um you have ideas or bars that you want to use um and you're not sure if they're going to work. Do you have like a sounding board or someone that you run these bars by where you're like, "Yo, I can ex- like like in this instance, you're like, "Okay, I got this line, but I'm going to have to take a few bars to explain it, you know, is it worth the space?" What do you guys like? Are there people that you run that shit by? Um, I'll be honest. Like, there's been a lot of different people that I've run stuff by over the years, but like, no one really knows. <laughs> like, really? Okay. I, I've, I've never, I've never had like, like a person or a group of people where I feel like I'm getting uniformly solid advice. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone's just kind of guessing, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I do, but at the end of the day, I just kind of go with my own gut. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense, man. I just I would always be worried that like I would say a line where someone would be like, "Oh, you stole that from so and so" or something like that. I don't know. Is, is that something that ever crosses mm-hmm. your mind? 
Um, definitely a little bit, but uh, I mean, I also I'm also generally coming with a different approach than most people, so there's not as much of a danger mm. of reusing bars. Right. And also, I like I used to worry about it more back in the day, but now everyone's battled so many times, like things are going to get repeated and people know it's not through stealing. It's just through, you can't watch literally all of this person's battles because that's impossible. You get the benefit of the doubt a little bit more these days because like everyone knows you can't watch every battle that comes out. Like it would have to be yep. your full-time job to, to watch every battle. I think first tracker puts out, you know, 30 some battles every day and that's insane. So you go, um, I joke about your teeth swallowing your chin, but that's a hopeless struggle. Because when you swallow one chin, the next one below it doubles. Um, so he's, you know, he's he's got that body, doesn't he? You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, all right, this, this this guy's been partying for a while. When you can when you can combine an overbite joke and a fat joke, perfect. <laughs> 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 you say you choke your wife like at home. There's trouble, but you're the nicest man who spits. So why is your persona like a like your body type? A giant bag of shit. <laughs> yo, yo, O'Shea like had some. Uh, he got some. He got some flack for his uh, for his my verse. Um, uh, verse. That oh, did he? That must have. That must have been during one of the times I was. I was not super tuned in to what was going on. I didn't hear about that. So yeah, he had he had battled my verse. You know, I don't know, a couple years ago, and then. Um, he had said something about, you know, his child and, you know, just, it was mm-hmm. all it was all in joke, but it was obviously in poor taste. But then he was supposed to battle at Premier just this last mm-hmm. year at their big event. That's the one um, where, where they, they had a title match with Ilmac and Soul. And so O'Shea was supposed mm-hmm. to be there, but the sponsor dropped out because they found out about that O'Shea line. And so... Really? Yeah. So, like, it's, it's kind of wild to see... On people's bars kind of coming back and hurting them um is that something that that was ever in your mind where you're like i can't write this it's too far if you know the wrong people saw this you know it would it would look um not until like 2012 Mm. which like or like maybe 2011 but not really like 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 literally the the progress in terms of me um, in any way applying what I think of at least as my own values to battle rap was like, all right, so 2011 I decided I'm going to stop saying uh, gay F slur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, was, that was the only yep. limit that I placed on myself at that time. Sure. Um, then, on, and honestly, part of the reason I left for a little bit after 2012 was just because, like, I mean, A, I felt kind of the scene was in a bit of a transition phase. I wasn't quite sure, like, how to make my style fit in or, or, or whatnot. But it was also, like, I, it was kind of hitting home for me. You know, social media was had been on the rise for a few years at this point. We're starting to see a lot more of these controversies come out. And I was just kind of like, oh, maybe this isn't just, like, its own... Uh, sequestered little mm-hmm. thing where it's mm-hmm. cool to say whatever you want. Maybe I should be considering my words more. Um, so if you actually look at battles from 2015, mm-hmm. when I did my little comeback run there, yeah. that was when I actually like really um, put some limits on myself in terms of what I was or wasn't going to say. So I don't, you know, in, in that series of battles, like I don't have any gay jokes Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not talking too much about anyone's real personal life. I'm not talking about like, you know, I'm not saying crazy stuff about relatives or mm-hmm. wives or girlfriends or any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, you know, just kind of keeping it within the realm of talking about your career and making fun of that or making fun of what you look like sure. or, you know, some, some well-known attributes, yeah. um, which honestly I think kind of improved my content in a way. Yeah. Um, if you compare that to like my last run of battles in 2012. I think I think we've seen this happen uh, with a few battlers now. I'm trying to think. Uh, J Pro Definition uh, are the two that that come to mind. Where it's it's like their their battles were something that that concerned them and their their careers. Mm-hmm. I guess you know, mm-hmm. and and they just had to end up you know taking them down. And I, I get it. You know, as much as as much as I hate it, because I'm like, yo, you put this out, this is, you know, this is our enjoyment, and you're taking this from it, you know, we, I think it's hard for fans like myself to kind of separate battlers from, like, real people, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you get some of that, too, where, where you see people maybe talking online, or just at shows or something like that, where they, they treat you like Kid Twist, and not like Alex Larson? Um, I mean, that's an interesting question. Like, I think for me, um, and, and I think this kind of ties into what we're talking about where I actually did start to change my content Mm -hmm. a little bit. I think, I think that reflected like where I was at as a person, you know what I mean? Like no one was making me do that. Um, so I think there's never really been that much distance between who I am and what my persona is, or I mean, at least like I guess, I guess in a way, like, there, there is a Kid Twist persona where I'm in the ring and I'm telling jokes and I'm being funny. Um, and obviously I'm not, like, cracking jokes like that 24-7. So there is a distance there between the person and the persona, but I think you can tell who I am as a person right. from my ring persona. You know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. not like I, I'm putting on some, like, totally different act. Right, right. Uh, so I think for me there's never really been that weirdness. Uh, just because you can basically tell who I am if you watch my battles. Right. But uh, for other people, I can definitely see how it would come into play. I mean, especially in this era, I'd, what I don't really know how people handle, to be honest, is the fact that there's almost like this wrestling thing now where people are kind of playing up beefs in mm. order to hype a battle, but there's an aspect of that bleeding over into real life too, where even I as a battler can't quite tell sometimes like, do you guys really have a problem with each other? Right. How much of this is for the camera? Was it for the camera to start, but now it got real? Like, right. and you know, I think, I think that there is a blurred line there and that's, that's the stuff where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how these guys are, you know, still super heavy in the game right now. Handle that part. You know, um, that, that makes me think about uh, John John versus Big K last year, um, mm-hmm. where it was like, man, are these are these guys actually going to fight on stage? Like, is Yeah, this... we didn't really know, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it sounded like ARP had to get some extra security and, and, and kind of talk to them before the battle to be like, yo, you know, you can't have this shit go down here, you know, and let mm-hmm. me tell you how bad it will be for you. If you actually do end up throwing throwing blows here, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's wild, man. Okay, so you so you say this match is light compared to Shuffle. I'm more lucid and skilled than you. The hardest part is that I have to look at you when I'm killing you. So this is uh, this is a reference back to Shuffle Battle, where you say I'm more seasoned and skilled than you. The hardest part is that I have to look at me when I'm killing you. So right, which uh, you get, which itself is a reference to Sharon. Yes. In his shotgun should battle, I believe, where he said, yep. "Look at me when I'm killing yep. you." <laughs> oh my god, I love that um, man! 
Which is funny because that actually ended up being one of my like biggest reaction lines from my shuffle battle, and that was the last line I added to the battle. Oh my um, god! I added that the night before when I met Shuffle in person, and that's like the first thing I thought. Of. No way! <laughs> that's yeah, great. Um, but I, that actually happens to me a lot. Usually, my biggest bar in a battle is like the last thing I came up with. Interesting. Um, so, for some reason, I just kind of I guess I guess I kind of like get into the zone, and like the more the closer the battle comes, the more I'm in the zone, and then so like my best thought is the last thought that I had. What's so great about this one with O'Shea is like you know Shuffle T. Uh, you can be like, you know, Shuffle T is like, oh, I gotta, I gotta kill, I have to kill me when I'm killing you. But with O'Shea, yeah. you're like, I, oh, I gotta, I just gotta look at you when I'm killing you. <laughs> That's just terrible. <laughs> I love that, man. No, that was, that was great. And you, so, uh, and you go, and your looks plainly disgust me because you know you're disgracefully ugly when they would rather make shoddy horror the face of the tree. So you're throwing some shots there, man. <laughs> So, <laughs> man, this battle's way harsher than I remember. <laughs> you throw right back to us. It's all good. I feel like I feel like we are on the same vibe in terms yes, of like yes. joking, but going hard on each other yes. in terms of like talking about looks and career and whatnot, but not like not crossing any lines or doing like you know uh, edgy material or anything like that. It's purely just ripping on each yes. other. Yeah, and and so. Um, that was a line that you decided to to end on. Was that like one that you knew would get a good reaction? Yeah, actually, it's funny how I mentioned like never knowing how to end a verse or mm-hmm. not choosing good ending lines for verses. This is maybe my only battle where I think all three verses I had a closer that really went off. So I, mm. they say, I think I chose my closers quite well in this battle, which is a rarity for me. So the next round you got a. Uh... Plus you're fat, you're on coke, you go on crazy rants and swear at nothing shit. If you came to my city, you might get elected mayor or something. Which is when right? Rob Ford was going on all his tirades and, and all that, yeah. Yo, and, and were, were you worried something like that would, uh, like people from England would be like, I, I don't know who your mayor is in Toronto, so that doesn't mean anything. Or, not, yeah. not really, because the Rob Ford thing had become so viral yeah. worldwide. Like there was, I mean, there's just like I don't know if they still do it, but at the time there was like this weird uh, channel that would do like 3D animated news in China, and there was like a 3D animation of Rob Ford with them <laughs> talking about him in Mandarin that was on the Chinese news. So, like, what yeah, I'm pretty sure fuck? everyone knows. It. So what? There, there was a video of like, what, him doing like meth or something in in, in a room or something. There were, like there were a few videos. So there, yeah, there was a video of him literally smoking crack in his basement. Wow. So that that was the that was the main one that started it all because um he was actually blackmailed over that video. Sure. Um and but then. Uh, he he remained mayor after that, mm-hmm. um, and so it then became a thing though, where people just knew uh, how nuts was. So they'd start filming him all the time. So there started to be these other videos that came out. So the so that the one where it's like uh, you go on rants and swear or nothing. There was a video that came out that was like filmed after that had all gone down, uh, where he was just like super drunk one night and like went to a. a like I think it was like a Jamaican jerk spot or something like that, just yeah. to like get something to eat in the middle of the night, insanely drunk. And so people, of course, just start filming him, and he starts talking in like a weird faux Jamaican patois. 
and, and like wearing and you know dropping like the bomba club and all that kind of oh, stuff um, yeah so so that was kind of what the ranting and swearing at nothing part was about Lord, that's amazing i don't even know about that video that's incredible that's incredible you up for uh you versus shuffle t yeah, man, we can uh, we can go through that one. All right, man. Like you the first first, right? Yes, yeah, just the first. Right. So, so can you tell me a bit about how this battle got got set up? And um, yeah, just the background with with Blackout Five as a whole. Right. This one actually has a crazy background to it because um, so I started thinking about doing a comeback in like 2014, um, and part of how it all went down is I like. Uh, you know, I was working at a job in downtown Toronto, mm-hmm. and I just uh, kept running into Nameless, like, in street, because mm-hmm. uh, it turned out he worked, like, a block away from me, and oh, actually, no funnily enough, worked in literally the same building that my wife worked at at the no time. No way! That's crazy. Um, Nameless and I started, like, hanging out, at, you know, at, around work and, like, going for lunch sometimes and stuff like that, um, and I'd already been kind of thinking about making a comeback, and specifically thinking about battling Shuffle T. Okay. Um... Uh, because, you know, part of why I've been away, like I was mentioning, is I just sort of didn't know how to fit in, really, with the new scene. But then seeing him and Marlo come back and, like, killing it, yeah. I was like, oh, that you know, they've really kind of, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that they were inspired by my style. Sure, at least sure. Part. Yeah. Um, but they found a way to take that inspiration and really run with it. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of like the updated version of what I was doing years ago. So if I want to really test myself, I would battle Shuffle, you know, what I mean? because that it, it really is kind of battling. I mean, he, w- he was hitting the same notes I was hitting, not in the same way, but doing it in a way that the current crowd really responded to. So I'm yes. like, okay, he's the guy that I should try to take on, which would be a, a challenge for me and something really cool for fans to see. Um, so I contacted Organic about that matchup. And then I ended up seeing Nameless like a few days later, and he was like, "You know, I also asked Organic for that same shuffle matchup." No way. Um, and at this time, so this is time, we're talking about world domination at this point, mm-hmm. and so this is so we started talking, and we came up with this whole idea of, and it was actually Nameless's idea. I should give him credit um, of doing this sort of one on one that turns into a two on two. Mm, uh, right. which I thought was an incredible idea and something just like super exciting for me to come back to. Um, you know, and it's just like, there, there are so many things that people would respond to. Like, you know, Nameless and I had had this huge battle, the idea of him and I being on a team together now. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of you think it'd be me and shuffle and you're kind of like, Oh, but I wish it was a two on two. I wish Marlo was here. And then Marlo is here and right. it, is, it is a two on two. It's like a big, there's a big excitement factor to that concept. Right. Yeah. Um, which would, which would make my return like, uh, more talked about. Sure. And, and just kind of more more of a moment. So I thought that was that was a really cool idea. So we were starting to plan it for World Domination, and then that's the year when World Domination, like I think, um, if I recall correctly, they just couldn't find a venue that w- that would like hold that many people that would do it in Toronto because the venue where they used to do it all the time had been shut down recently. Um, so they actually ended up not doing World Domination that year. So. Mm-hmm. The battle then got pushed back to Blackout, which actually worked perfectly because the whole concept of Blackout is you don't know the match ahead yes. of time. So the concept that we had already come up with played perfect to Blackout. Because when they announced Kid Twist and Shuffle T, it's like, oh, obviously that's the fucking matchup. Like, that right. was the one match right. everyone knew that's yeah. what it was going to be. Yeah. 
but they didn't like they didn't announce nameless. They didn't announce Marla. Right. You, know, you didn't know that's what was going to happen. Um, so it just it it like create yeah it really created this like okay we know what the match is going to be but then like oh shit but we don't know uh, which which worked 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 super well for the blackout card. Oh, I think that's that's incredible. Um, you, you know what's so wild is you were up there and you're like, okay, so he's gonna do a two on two. Um, hey, Poe Rich, how about you come with me? I legit thought that that made most sense. That's your old like two on two partner, right? And I, honestly, I was I actually felt bad. Like actually, I mean, you know, we're we're cool and everything. Don't don't get me wrong, but I actually like spoke to Rich afterwards. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, I didn't know that was how that was gonna go down. He just happened to like he was actually in the crowd. I didn't even know he was there. I hadn't seen him yet. Right. He was in the crowd, and when he saw them do the two on two, he ran up on stage to be behind no me. Shit. And then when I saw it, I just kind of used it in the moment, but didn't think about like, oh, like. He, he made, doesn't actually know what's going on because right. we like Nameless and I had not told anyone. It was the people in the battle and organic. That is the only wow. people who knew what was happening because we really wanted to keep a tight lid on it. Um, and so I'm like, so it ended up me being kind of like shitty to Rich in that moment. Mm. You know what I mean? Without without doing it intentionally. But like I talked to him afterwards and he like totally understood what had happened and everything. But uh, but yeah, that's the one part of that I feel a little bit bad about. So is that part of the reason why uh, why Poe Rich might have been taking shots at you when he was battling A Ward? Um, I mean, I think he was just doing. I think he was just doing it to make a moment out of the decade thing because, right. like, obviously, it's ten years. People might expect to see a kid twist Poe Rich rematch. Right. right. Um, so I think I think he was just doing. And but I mean, it, it was also like uh, I think totally fair to right, get right, back right, at right. moment. Right. I don't begrudge him that at all. <laughs> and to, to his credit, he did tell me he was going to do that before the battle. <laughs> no way. So he, was, he he didn't he didn't blindside me the way I did him. Wow! Wow! No, I I definitely want to guess that man. I, so you start off your shit with you a handsome motherfucker. <laughs> what a great what a great opening line so hey so you were talking about how ending is really hard uh, but it mm-hmm. seems like a lot of rappers have a hard time starting i don't know what it, I, I mean for me personally like uh, the openings uh are are kind of easy for me like i kind of know how i want to get into it and actually assume like even before like before i even contacted organic to be like let me face shuffle when I was just thinking about, like, oh, what would I say if I wanted to battle Shuffle? Yeah. That whole opening bit is just, like, what I came up with instantly. Wow. So, like, the opening was was the first thing I thought of. So you go, uh, you a handsome motherfucker. Whoever said to use those Jesus hair bars gave you good advice, honest. Because the only way you'd beat me is in a kid twist lookalike contest. So, again, man, I mean, you got these, like, rebuttals that are just, like, I'm not sure how you're coming up with that, man. Uh, well, see what I did there. What I did there—that was my actual opening. Oh, it was it just, okay. So I just, I just modified the set to dress what he had nice. said, which was kind of my plan because I knew he was going to say something about it, right? Man. So what I did was I used my real opening, and then I did the rebuttal that was off the top. You know what makes you different, Kid Twist? Is ninety-nine percent of battlers I would have talked to would have been like. Yeah, I totally came up with that on the spot. I'm the shit. <laughs> you know yeah, but I mean? see, I don't battle anymore. So. <laughs> right, right. So it's like, yeah, who cares? Who cares? Okay, so you go, all those lines about your hair, man, I want to do that and see how, how my hand would feel. That's more like the inside of a banana peel or the wrapper of a Happy Meal. How did you think of, of, of both those greasy-ass things? I don't know. I, that, that, for some reason, that was just like, 
a rhyme, and this happens to me often. There's just like rhymes I have in my head, I, and, I, and I don't know why. And then you end up using them at some point later on. So I, for some reason, for like a long time, I'd been thinking, "Oh, Happy Meal Banana Peel." I don't, I don't know why right. I had thought of that one day, but it stuck in my head. And in that moment, when I reached for, "Okay, I need to rhyme some greasy things," you know, right, I had that, right. I had that in the back of my mind somehow. That's um, but the and the funny thing about that too is like what I was gonna say, what I was planning to say is all those lines about your hair. I I, I want to run my hand through and see how it, it, my hand would feel, something like that. I, yeah. You know. Um, but I had something I was actually going to say, and then he, after I said, like, all the handsome motherfucker stuff, he actually ran a hand through his hair. Right. So when I said, I want to do that, ah. I was referencing the action he had just done. So that oh. was, like, extremely in the moment. Like, Perfect. I had no idea that I was actually going to run my hand through his hair. Right. But after he did it, I, and I was like, I want to do that. And I was like, well, fuck it, I do it now. <laughs> right, 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 right. And just because we're at the Queen Elizabeth, don't think this Brit scares me. So the Queen Elizabeth is the venue that, that you guys are at. Um, yeah. So don't think this Brit scares me. That just means you'll die inside a royal like Prince Harry was miscarried. That's pretty incredible, man. So so you got you got Queen Elizabeth, which is, you know, English. And then mm-hmm. so, so it's almost like saying like, all right, just because we're battling a British guy at a, the Queen Mary, something that's named after the UK, he's not on home turf, and so he's right. not, he's he's not like a bigger threat. Um, this just means you'll die inside a royal like Prince Harry was miscarried. That's pretty incredible, man. What? Uh, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I think what stands out to me is I've heard. And I'm sure you have too. So many like princess die bars, you know, like die. Right. Princess, yeah. That's you, what you know I did what I mean? not want to do exactly. at all costs. Exactly. And, and it's like, it's like the Maury show, like I'll pop you like the Maury show or something like that, where it's like, you've heard that line so many times. You just like your eye rolls, but mm-hmm. this is a great example of like, mm-hmm. but if you take a concept that's overused and you do it in a really dope way, it doesn't matter. You could use a defeat bar. But if it's done in a really clever way, like, the shit still works. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you go, um, it's shuffle tea, whack flavor, tiny balls, call them bubble tea. So I wasn't familiar with bubble tea until you said that, and I had to look it up. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah maybe so, maybe it's uh, maybe it's like all the Asian influence in Toronto. We got them everywhere, and we've had really? them everywhere since I was in high school. Really? Yeah. So it, yeah. It's, it's a drink, and they're like balls that dissolve when you put them in warm water. Yeah, it's balls of uh, tapioca inside really? the drink. Yeah, yeah, no, that I have never seen that in in the states. Um, but his accent is an exaggerated novelty, so you can never call him subtlety, which is dope. This line, Kid Twist, is one of my favorites of yours ever. And the oh crowd... yeah, well if you're a hip hop head, yeah, you're gonna appreciate this, dude, dude. No, that is like. Top five favorite songs of all time. Best beat of all time. I'll make them reminisce over you. You're in trouble, T. Now, I think what's so dope about battle rap is the references in it. But mm-hmm. there are certain references that, like, not everyone's going to get. And it's like you can almost you can almost come up with it and be like, not everyone who's who hears this is going to get it. But the people who do get it are going to fucking flip. And I was one of those guys. Pete Rock, Seal Smooth, make a song called They Reminisce Over You, which is, they do an acronym, Troy. It's a homage to Heavy D's 
one of his like crew members named Trouble T, who what I think he fell off a stage or something like that, and he died. Yeah, I, I actually can't remember h- how he died, but yeah, he had passed away, and yeah, they made that they made that song as a tribute to him. <clears throat> um, and, but you know, saying I knew that it was a reference only people who like know that era of early mm-hmm. '90s hip hop um, would get because it's a you know, and, and it's like. You have to. You also have to get a few things in the moment, right? Like right. you have to know that Troy, the name of the song, is they reminisce over right. you, the acronym, and you have to know Trouble T and that it was right. dedicated to him, all that. So it's like I knew that wasn't going to be the punchline, but in my mind, it's the real punchline. But oh. I put it as the setup because I knew it wouldn't get a reaction. Oh you know? my god, dude! <laughs> How did you come up with that? How do you even know that song? I mean, that came out in '92. I mean, I, I I love that song. That, that's the thing. It's like that's actually the era of hip hop that I'm like most familiar with. Mm, because okay. when so when I was, what happened is I really got into rap music when I was in high school. Right. So this is like '01 to '04. Right. Um, but I felt like I was late. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, I I was like. It was kind of like I got into it like right around like the Jay Z versus Nas beef, so like you know the Blueprint, Stillmatic, and like that kind of era. Right. Um, but it, it, especially at that time in hip hop, like it was all about like paying respects to what had come before and like referencing out of '90s stuff. So it was like, oh, I've missed out. Like I'm late. Right. So I I kind of went back and like. And, you know, you still bought CDs at that time. Right. I bought all these old CDs. Actually, I'm, I'm kind of looking at them right now. <laughs> I have them on my shelf still <laughs> in my house here. Uh, I bought bought all these old CDs, you know, bought uh, Pete Rock and Taylor Smooth Records, like all, all, all the big acts from that time. And uh, and just that's what I listened to because I wanted to, to actually be immersed in it. You know, I, want, I didn't just want to, like, uh, listen to new songs and be like, yeah, this is cool. I like it. I wanted to actually know about, um, this this style of music that had come to mean so much to me. Um, so yeah, so I, that's that's kind of like I mean I know more about that era than I know about what's happening right now. Oh hell sure. yeah! No, I have no idea what's what's going on in hip hop right now. Hearing that come up in a rap battle was and 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 have it connect to your opponent. I mean, come on, man, that is that's that was crazy to me. You'll probably be a wife beater if you only had a muscle T. Uh, he's the king of comedy, but only because he passed it down to him. So once I disembowel him, I'm taking back my crown again. Um, was there any connection to the king of comedy show or movie or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really have like a punchline about it because again, I thought, oh, this is maybe a reference a ton of people won't get, but I still just like kept it in there. I mean, that's just why the phrase king of comedy kind of like relevant you know what sure, i mean but sure. i would yeah I, I had a thought of like oh maybe there's some kind of like crazy steve harvey punchline i could do but then i was like yeah no one gives a fuck about that <laughs> <laughs> okay and there you go uh i tell you how this ends as the second battle in which we see you spit some bad bars and throw the towel in so that i don't know if everyone caught that but <clears throat> so bad bars is is the battle that shuffle t did versus marlowe that became mm-hmm. you know, basically put them on the map you know what i mean shuffle t has a line against marlowe where he says something like i think it's pretty classic how when anyone steals his towel he turns into pacquiao acting like a fucking gangster act like a fucking gangster now and he takes out the towel and he throws it on the ground um which is exactly what you're talking about throwing in the towel yep. 
doing bad bars. Yep. So, so, so did you see that and come up with that at that point? Yeah, I think that was the, I think that was the first line I came up with. Really? Because um, that I mean that was obviously that like like most people that's what made me a fan of theirs, right? So when I was like, oh, I'm going to battle shuffle, I was like. As the second battle in which we see you spit some bad bars and throw the towel in. That was like the first thing I thought of. Then you just go, shuffle sucks. You're only playing the Joker card, so you don't shuffle much. Plus, you're a motherfucking muggle blood from Hufflepuff. Wow. Were you afraid that you would, like, mess up some of those words? That's a, that's a, that's a tongue twister. Uh, no, that one was okay for me. I, there's, there's like certain sounds. I don't know, I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, there's, there's certain sounds that, that I fuck up all the time in battles. But I, for some reason, motherfucking muggle blood from Hufflepuff is easy <laughs> for me. <laughs> That's dope. So you think Shuffle's tough? He's nothing much. I'm more seasoned and skilled than you. The hardest part is I have to look at me when I'm killing you. So yeah, yeah. Again, the the, the Sharon line and like flipping it, whatever. Yo, there was uh, there was a period of time after Sharon said that to Shotgun Chug. I mean, obviously Sharon was using that in a lot of his battles, but a lot of other people were were, were saying similar lines. And uh, but I never heard it flip like the way you did. You know, where it's like I have to look at me yeah. when I'm killing you. Like I mean, not- it was just so relevant to that situation, and I. I think the Shug battle had happened fairly recently, so sure. so the reference wasn't like to death yet. Sure, sure. Um, so it was it was one of those things where I think I got to jump on it at the right moment, and it was like so perfectly relevant for the situation. Yeah, um, that it worked out well. Yo, this this one I had to I had to do some research on. So you go, you want to hear some nerd shit? This is such a mirror stage. I feel like Jack Lacan. So obviously. Like, I had no fucking idea who that was. So I ended up looking it up, you know, Mirror Stage being uh, being the book that he wrote. Jack Lacan is a psychoanalyst who, who wrote the book. And the, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like Mirror Stage is like when uh, someone is very young in their first few years of life. And they like look in a mirror and they realize who they are. But uh, it doesn't quite connect with what they're going to be. Something like that? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, like, to be honest, this is one of the things where it's like, I know enough to, like, know the term and the guy. Right, <laughs> um, okay. I, 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 I couldn't explain to you the finer workings of the theory. Okay. Um, but, yeah, but that was just one of those things where I put it in just for me. I was like, literally no one is going to know what I'm talking about, but uh, fuck it, because I love this line. Because <laughs> yeah, it's right. like everyone always talks about a mirror match. I'm like, right. this is a mirror the stage. stage. Jacques yeah. Lacan. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I right. put it in the battle. <laughs> so so then was it, what, did you come up with that first and then be like, I'll still end this princess's whole world? I'll call him Alderaan? Yeah, so I was just like, so I just came up with Jacques Lacan. Like, all right, well, how am I going to justify using this in a battle? So I was like, all right, I'll do this whole, like, like esoteric nerd references concept because that would be relevant to us battling you know what i mean so I'm, so I, that was that was more just my way to sell <laughs> this line about uh psychoanalytical wow, theory that I really that's crazy so this whole next scheme because the next few lines are are like really dope and you wouldn't have expected that it's like coming from you wanting to use a line about jack lacan you know you would, right yeah so that's that's interesting that you're like i'm using this line now i gotta come up with reasons to actually have it in here you know what i mean so, yeah. so then you go nerd shit when i have daylight run up on your block is spawn and stomp the shit out of you for showing up at comic-con without a costume on so like you know that shit hits you know yeah. you know great battle rap references interesting to see where where the idea 
was like birthed from. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I could, if I couldn't have come up with a good follow up, end the day, I probably wouldn't yeah. have used it. Yeah. But but once I came up with that Comic Con costume on block is fun. Like I, I I just thought it was a fucking hilarious idea. Yeah. That um, that a you would be bullied for going to Comic Con <laughs> right, with no costume right. on, and b that daylight would be the guy to do it because he's such an enthusiast for cosplay. Like, right, right. That is, that's a fucking funny idea. You know. So this is, this is where it takes an interesting turn. So you go, you want to see real life shit? All right, all jokes aside. No, all jokes aside, which, which was kind of, it was, you've heard battlers say like all jokes aside and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then you're like, no, no, I'm for real this time. You know? And you're like, right. Oh, Okay. And then you say, 2005 was the year my life altered. I'd never been through times darker. My mind's monsters were a cross of Clive Barker's and White Walker's. Oof, that was dope right there. And then you go, honestly, that's suicide. Death seemed like a nice offer. But if I had known then that I'd go on to and start an entire genre of battle rap, I would have fucking tried harder, which was fucking great. Because, like, it was, it, was, it was pretty impressive how you got the crowd to believe you right and, and like right. go with you and be like oh shit this funny battle just turned real serious and they just flip it you know like like uh, yeah <laughs> on the end yes and uh, let me let me just clarify what we and that's just a really dark joke like right. i'm not actually i didn't attempt suicide sure, in 2005 sure, 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 like sure. that's not you know right. what i mean right but i think i actually sold it too well because i had someone come up to me afterwards and say like oh i really related to that line i didn't want to be like well it was just a joke i made it up but um but you know you know what i mean but at the same time even if i'm just inventing something for this for the sake of wordplay and for the sake of getting to a punchline um it's still meaningful to me that i could phrase it in a way where someone who totally like related to that feeling um so i'm happy with that but also to clarify for anyone listening right, right. uh it is just a like a super tart show right 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 so you go because i'm the one who taught these these scrawny white awkward guys to rap and i sincerely apologize for that so if you think all these parody bars are depressing as shit then blame my fourth round for fresco where i invented that shit and i know we talked about it earlier is that something where where people come up to you and tell you like is that is that something you get quoted on a lot? Kind of known for? Not for at all, thing? actually. Not yeah. not at all. So part of that bar was me being like, I mean, I, you know, it's just coming from a place of battle rap boasting. But sure. I also did feel like I actually yeah. did invent this shit. Yeah. Like I was the first one first to do one that, to do it. and nobody right. talked about it, so right. I wing it up. You know? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. If other people brought it up, if it was like a really known thing, then maybe I wouldn't have actually addressed it that way in the verse. But I and I think part of the reason why it hit so hard is because people hadn't thought of that and then when i mentioned it they were like yeah 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 it's the first time no it's dope so you go i know on two on two would have been better to give the fans but canada already has a famous twin lesbian sister band who is that uh tegan and sarah who i'm a big fan of so (laughs) so again again these are these are the references that like become more personal to me and like (laughs) might not might not hit as much with the battle rap crowd but uh but yeah, I, I let myself, you know, if I, if I really just like total myself, the whole battle would be stuff like that. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I give, I give myself like a couple perverts sure, that sure. are kind of just for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but, but you know what? Like that shit works though, because like the trouble T line is incredible. It's like one of my favorite lines ever, but you know that it's a dope line that not everyone's going to get. So 
I think kind of hedging your bets a little bit is is a good idea. If you did a whole round like that, yeah, no one no one would rock with it. But you got a few sprinkled gems in there. That's a good way to go, man. I, I mean, I think so. Uh, it's it's always you're always trying to calibrate, right? It's right. always like it's constantly thinking about like, okay, what's going to hit with the crowd? Trying to like put those bars in the right places, structure it the right way. Have some shit you're not going to get until you're watching the battle at home. Right. Um, and then sometimes you just completely miscalculate, and everything you saw is completely <laughs> the opposite. You know that's part that's part of the game too. Oh my god, that would be terrible, man. That would, battlers have have a really hard job, man, because you know you're you're preparing for a long time. You only get to perform it once, and things may be out of your control. You may not even have a bad performance, but whatever the crowd isn't with you, or your opponent, or whatever it may be, um, and you kind of have to like eat a loss, even though you worked really hard for it and you weren't bad. Is that yep. is those sort of negatives kind of in your mind when you're thinking about coming back to battle rap? Like, yo, I could spend so much time working on this and not have a payoff at all. Um, I mean. I- I guess I don't really think about it in those terms specifically, but it's just the overall stress of it. Mm. And that's for sure part of the stress, right? Like, when you're really stressed about something, but there's, like, a guaranteed payoff, you can get through it more easily. Sure. But as it happens often in life, you're really stressed working so hard on something, and you have no idea what the end result is going to be. Sure. <clears throat> you can only control certain variables, you know, in, in the case of a battle, your bars and your performance. Um, but there's so many other external factors that you have no control over at all. So for me, it's just like the overall stress of a battle um, that that becomes the preventative factor that I think, you know, is the same case for many other battlers. Like, honestly, it's one of the most stressful things you could possibly do um, mm-hmm. besides, like, go to war. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, right. But, uh, but it's not, yeah, so it's not any one aspect specifically. It's just the general stress. Um, but you know, that aspect of not being able to control everything that's going to affect how this battle is viewed, that is for sure part of the stress. Wow. You you know, here's, here's the other thing though. I don't know. No one's mentioned this, but I thought of it and couldn't believe it. Your battle with madness at TIFF. What Mm -hmm. were you thinking, dude? That has got (laughs) to be like, why would you do that to yourself? Like I didn't you. want to. <laughs> Keep in mind, I didn't want to. <laughs> because, like, yo, it's the premiere. Like, all, the, you know, years of your work are all going into this one night. You're going to find out if people like it, if they hate it. Like, I cannot imagine the anxiety of that. And you throw a fucking yep. battle rap on top of it. A three-rounder. Yep. Jesus. And did, also did, on top of that, I was I was being pressed all day before oh that, too. Oh, my God. So you couldn't um, Wow. Yeah, it was it was nuts, man. Like, but I mean, I'm I'm super I'm super happy with how it worked out. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't necessarily my choice. It was kind of like they're like, oh, we we could do like a promotional battle, but like to to kind of uh, get everyone to come out to the premiere later that night. And I was kind of like, okay, cool, sounds good. Who's gonna do it? And they're like, you. And I was like, <laughs> well, we have all these other battlers. Why don't you get them? Right. Um, but it was all, you know, it was a big thing for me to be the writer of the film and from Toronto and like the hometown battle rap hero. So they're like, no, man, like this would be like this would be the best way to sell it is to have the writer of the movie do a right. battle. So I'm like, okay, anything for the movie, you know. <laughs> right, right, um, right, right. So it was it was more just me like 
dealing with it because uh, I felt it would help the movie. And honestly, I think it did work out really well. We actually, you can see in the video, we had a huge crowd come out. Yeah. We did not expect. And, and those people, what we thought it was going to be was just people more milling around that area because that's what a lot of, where a lot of TIFF events were happening and they start to hear people battling and then they come over to check it out. But it was actually like they had posted like, you know, I guess on the website and just like posters up around where everything was going on. Rap battle at this time. People were just like, rap battle? That sounds cool. And like all those people came and showed up just to see the battle. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty fucking cool. Yo, will we ever see Sharon freestyle battle or whatever? I know he was supposed to battle Big T at the event, and then Big T couldn't make oh, it. Oh, then what? He, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of up to them, like, if they want to put it out. To be honest, I mean, it, it was good, but it was just Sharon freestyling for right, the crowd, right? right? Okay. So King of the Dot may not feel that it's sort of like premium content that, okay. that they want to release. But, I mean, he, he did uh, an excellent job, um, right. but he wasn't, like, using i mean you could you can tell if you're a battler like oh that was a bar he had for big t that he reworked into the style but he wasn't like you know spitting his big t verses or something like that it was him just kind of like entertaining the crowd and warming them up so i talked to sharon a few months ago on a podcast like this and and i asked him about that and he was like yo he's like yo all these people were coming i was thinking they were going to be battle rap fans and so i start like taking shots at disaster and no one knew what the fuck I was talking about. Yep, so, yep. so he's yep. like, so I had, yeah, to, he, I, I had to pivot real quick. I mean, it shows his versatility. Oh. And like, he's, just, he's like, he's really a professional performer and entertainer now, right? Like literally, but also in terms of uh, how he's able to adapt to those situations yeah. and change his presentation for the crowd. Like, I mean, it's incredible. That's something that, that I personally could never do. Yeah, um, but yeah, he, he like, he got the crowd going for us. But the other funny thing, though, is um, is Madness and I are looking at each other backstage because we both had some, like, current events bars, mm-hmm. and Sharon, like, used the same, like, current events concepts because, like, that's uh, what you do when you freestyle. Right. You think about what happened in the news, right. and then he mentioned that. Um, so he, like, said some stuff that was, like, very similar to what Madness <laughs> oh, and I were no. about to say. Um, but it, it was fine. Like, like, with that kind of crowd, like, a battle crowd would have been like, all right, heard that before. With that crowd, they're just like, oh, my God, these guys are rhyming. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So um, the, the last line that you got here is you go, wait, no, see, it's more like Full House, and you're the Olsen twin team because it took two of you to fill my one role in the scene. I thought that line was incredible. It didn't hit nearly as hard as it should have. And, it didn't, and, and I also honestly, I feel like I fucked up the delivery on it because mm-hmm. I I kind of rushed through it, um, which I think was just like adrenaline of me being back on stage, having done it for a few years and stuff, and like things are going well, and the crowd's hyping me up, and I get to the end, and I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so I feel like I didn't I didn't like lay out the concept well enough for people to like react strongly. Like if I, that's, that's probably the one bar. If I could read one bar in the verse, my delivery of it, that's probably the one I would do. Cause I would love to say it like, you know, you're the Olsen twin team. Cause it took two of you to fill my one role in the yeah. scene. You know what I mean? Like yeah. more of a classic kid twist delivery right. um, instead of just rushing it out. But uh, yeah. For those that don't know. Yeah. So the Olsen twins back in the day, there was, they were playing, you know, one character who knows the baby's name, but, um, they would switch them out um, during takes because it's a baby and babies are fussy. So if one of them wasn't, you know, doing well in the scene or didn't feel like it, they would switch it out with the other one. And so that's where that reference comes from. And I think that line was incredible. 
So, so Kid Twist and Ron, thank you for going through three battles with us. That's fucking amazing. What, um, what do you got to shout out these days? I know, you, I know you're working on a couple shows that you can't talk about, but is there anything yeah. out there that people can find you at or can, can look for? Um, I mean, you know, if you have not yet signed up for YouTube Premium and watched Bodied, absolutely do that. Yeah. Uh, most people listening to this probably have, but just in case, you yep. can get a free month trial of YouTube Premium, and that will give you access to watch it. You can uh, watch it for free, and if you so choose, I'm not saying, but if you so choose, cancel your free trial <laughs> within the month. Um, so there, there is a way to legally watch it for free if you would like to do so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's still the main thing. Like, uh, we're any, any to go to watch the movie on there. It's great for us. Hopefully coming to iTunes and DVD Blu-ray soon. Um, so if you want to own it, hopefully you will soon have that option as well. That'd be dope. And yeah, should have, uh, should have more to promote soon. I don't think I can reveal details of anything else quite yet. Uh, but if you follow me on Twitter, that's kind of my main social media right now. It's at Alex K Twist. Um, and yeah, anything anything that I'm able to say, I will be saying on there. You're back in Toronto now, huh? Yeah, I'm back. I'm back in Toronto for now. They're like trying to trying to plan the LA move, but there's obviously a lot to, a lot at play there with like visas and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just trying to sort it all out. But the goal is to be down in LA since you know that's. Uh, that's where movies happened, and that's what I'm writing. So right, right. Seems, no, uh, seems like it'd be a good move. I was thinking um, people would be able to see you at uh, Town Business. Yeah, I uh, I wish I could be down there, but unfortunately, I uh, I'm, I mean, if I was on the coast, I'd be there for sure. But uh, I'm probably not going to be able to make the flight. But I mean, the card's incredible. So yeah, I can't, uh, can't wait to watch it on the pay per view. Yeah, that's just going to be great. Well, uh, Kid Twist, thank you so much for taking the time, man. This has really been an honor. Uh, again, you're a godfather. You're a godfather. So uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe if I ever come back, I'll just change my rap name to the Godfather. <laughs> kind of like, way better than Kid Twist. Godfather Twist. I love it. I love it. You've grown. <laughs> You've grown. Hey, well, thanks so much, man. And um, yeah, that's it for Let's Talk Battle Rap. Take care, everyone. Peace. Peace.